go. All right, we are going to start in a few minutes here as I am live on Facebook and Instagram. All right. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and today I am going solo once again to talk about something that's been bugging me probably ever since I started in the industry. So I think this episode is going to be really good for both the fitness professional along with the fitness enthusiast to kind of better your knowledge when it comes to rehab and where the scope lies between trainer, physio, and chiro. Um, so before I even get into that, I want to shout, give out shout outs as usual. But first I want to say hello to everybody on Instagram to my left and hello to everybody to Facebook on my right because I'm doing live on both platforms. Um, as always, I'm going to go into my top three cities that have been listening the most this past week as it seems to change every single week. And number one is a new city. It's San Francisco. So shout out to everyone in San Fran for listening to my show. Number two is Oklahoma City. Shout out to those guys. And number three, again, I'm going international. It always seems like I have at least one country outside of where I live listening to my show. And this time, for the first time ever, I have Tokyo, Japan as my third most listened city to my podcast, which is pretty freaking amazing. And I guess that's going to be on my bucket list next to go travel to because I've never been out to Asia in my life. So I think I'm going to eventually head out that way. Um, so now, the topic for today, what I wanted to bring up is the difference between a trainer and then when it kind of cross over into the rehab side and then you get into physio and chiro. So when I first started into the industry, I was introduced to something called the FMS, aka the functional movement screen. So essentially what this thing is for anyone who does not know what the FMS is, it was created by a physiotherapist named Gray Cook. If you don't know who Gray Cook is, you should look him up because he is a genius slash artist when it comes to human movement and pain and how the body functions as one unit. Um, so the moment he created the system, it gave an opportunity to trainers to understand what the hell's going on when a person squats and it looks like absolute shit. And then you're wondering why the hell can't this person squat like I want them to. So the screen gave the ability to figure out certain asymmetries, certain pain points, certain movement patterns that the general population had. And then every single uh, movement had a score of one to three and even a zero if they couldn't complete it or if there was pain. And then what happened after the, I would call, honeymoon phase of the FMS was people who were trainers started using it as an opportunity to become rehab or movement specialists when it came to training people, which is great. But there is a darker side to these trainers as some of them would go almost onto the heels of what a physio and chiro would do to the point where they'll start diagnosing 
pain, they'll start diagnosing whatever issue they think the client has and almost present themselves as this professional like healthcare therapist that also trains people. Now, you know, that's way beyond our scope. Like if you actually read what coaches are allowed to do and it differs from country to country, state to state, province to province, depending on what your certification body is. But for the most part, you shouldn't be doing any hands-on manipulations, even stretching in some parts of the world because anything you touch onto a client's body, you're legally liable if anything happens. So this next thing of coaches wanting to almost get into the physio side of things and starting to say, hey, your shoulder hurts and moves this way because you have impingement, frozen shoulder, this, this, and that. It's good in a sense, but most of the time, these coaches that go into this realm start going beyond their scope. And a client wouldn't know any different. This is why clients come to me every week. They're like, hey, so I saw this thing on Facebook that this diet is what I need to do. And I've been working with this individual for like five years. And you'd think that with all the good information I'm giving them about nutrition and you know, sustainable uh, fat loss, they would know better than doing a de- two-week detox that's going to destroy their insides. But because the marketing is so good, they just fall into like, yeah, this is what's good for me. So the same goes for a trainer who takes this FMS course and like his, his or her eyes just open up and they're like, oh my God, like this is this is what I've been needing. This is how I'm going to figure out why my client's knee hurts every time they squat. And now I'm going to be this like healthcare professional and I can charge more and blah, 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 blah. And when you start communicating that to a general population client, they're just going to believe you. They won't know any different. And this is where, you know, it's so tough in my industry where people won't know right from wrong if they're a client from their side. Anything a trainer tells them, they think, oh, this person must know what the hell they're doing. But at the same time, they could have got certified as a trainer online in 24 hours and then took a, you know, um, a rehab course. And now they're a specialist in the shoulder. Um, For all the clients or people who have trainers or people looking for trainers, what they should look at is when your coach has a website or a bio written up or anything like that, look at how they write their bios. A lot of them will just list off a bunch of certifications that kind of show they're, like, they're smart, essentially. They That's how coaches with, I would call it almost like an identity crisis, like they feel like they're not good enough, so they'll take a bunch of different courses to make them appear smart and intelligent, and all it really says is that they've been jumping ship to ship to ship to ship to figure out what's the best way to seem important and more valuable. There's nothing against continuing education, but if you start listing off every conference, every course you've ever taken since you started, like, come on, right? And Another thing I see coaches do, like they'll go to a course where, you know, for one day you're learning about everything there has to do with the shoulder and rotator cuff or whatever. And the instructor is, you know, a high-end coach that's had 
10 to 20 years of experience training athletes with shoulder issues and just wants to share his knowledge or her knowledge about how to rehab someone with, you know, an achy shoulder or a shoulder that doesn't function properly or has less range of motion than the left. And here are some things that worked with me with all these athletes in the past 10 years. Awesome information because now you can apply the exercises to your client's programs. But then when you see coaches update their website and after that course they qualify themselves as a shoulder rehab specialist like no like you took a weekend course how are you a rehab specialist like did you take a four-year course on how to rehab a shoulder from surgery all the way until you know play if the person was a athlete no like there's no reason why you should put down that you are a specialist in rehab for the shoulder like it's stupid it's like if I were to take a weekend training camp for tennis and I played tennis for five hours in the weekend and now I'm a certified tennis coach for power like no I wouldn't put that down like come on <laughs> so this is what you'll see in the industry all the time and maybe the coach doesn't know like maybe the coach just wants to put that on their little resume to seem that they know what they're talking about and then there's different avenues in my industry where you can start getting more continuing education and a lot of it goes into rehab and i think coaches make the mistake that you know they take a weekend course on whatever rehab thing that they found online and now they feel like they're above other coaches and getting close to that physio to chiro status and it's like no 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 and i've seen it time and time after again when coaches start diagnosing start referring clients pain and whatever's going on with their body and saying this is why your lower back hurts this is what you need to do for rehab rather than saying okay you have some low back issues i'm not entirely sure what it's what's causing it but we can do exercise a b and c and if a hurts it we're not going to do it b doesn't hurt it we're going to continue doing b and c kind of feels off maybe we'll find another way to do c but my ultimate goal is for you to be pain-free. So here is a physio that I know. Here's a chiro that I know that could help you figure out what the hell is going on with your lower back. And I think coaches need to understand that you're not going to know everything. You're never going to know everything when it comes to pain or rehab or anything like that. And it's okay to refer out. Like You need to surround yourself with a great rehab team and when you do you're going to learn a lot more that way because when you reach out to that chiro and say hey i have a bunch of clients that are dealing with these aches and pains like do you think you can help them the chiro will most likely say yes you refer them out and then when that communication comes back from that chiro for what you need to do in the gym with them you're going to learn a hell of a lot more than just like yeah so i got this weekend certification on the shoulder i'm going to do these exercises going to fix your pain no so there's a fine line, right? Like, I've been in this industry for eight years. I don't think I know anything, honestly. I've, I'm better than average, maybe. And when I have, 
you know, a client come in and they were doing something over the weekend, they bent over and they hurt their lower back and they come and they're like, this always happens when I bend over. Like, what do you think it is? And I'm like, honestly, I can't say, but I can make an educated guess that maybe every time you bend over, you're using this instead of this, you're not hinging properly at the hips, you're rounding your back, and because of your history with low back pain, it's just, you know, aggravating it over and over again, and it was like one of those things where the straw broke the camel's back, and now you're fucked. That's the scientific term that I use with my clients, now you're fucked. And I will just tell them, like, straight up, like, I'm not going to be the one that fixes you, I can work around the injury to make it less you know, painful and figure out a way how we can both kind of keep progressing without having you stop completely. But I want you to see a physical therapist because they can figure out what the hell is going on and have a better treatment plan than what I'm doing by like walking in a room that's pitch black and I can't see anything. But all I need to know is how to get from wall A to B. And even with the lights off, I can figure out a way to get there without completely falling onto my face and like breaking my teeth. So for all the coaches out there listening that think they are rehab specialists, but really they don't know how to fix someone's pain, please, please, please stop. You're making yourself liable. And if something goes wrong and a client decides to sue you, it's not going to be a fun process. Be the better person and refer out your client or the person that you just brought in for a consultation and you really wanna make that sale because they wanna work with you five days a week, but they have almost every single joint broken or they have a certain issue with their spine or just came off in surgery that you have no clue what they're telling you, but in your head you're like, this is gonna make me a lot of money. Be the professional and refer out. Surround yourself with other practitioners in the medical field and your client will appreciate you more, you'll learn a lot more from the professional when they start emailing you or even going out for coffee with you to tell you what you should be doing with your client in the meantime and you will be in this business for a long time and you will be really successful. And for all the fitness enthusiasts, can't even talk today fitness enthusiasts that are watching talk to your coach or if you are a person looking to hire a coach you need to make sure that your coach doesn't think they are higher than a physical therapist or higher than a chiro or any medical profession out there because it's just going to lead to some issues down the road um I think that's all I want to kind of get into because I could rant about this all day, but I see it so much and it's so annoying because I will hear from other like physios and chiros that they've had experiences with trainers where the trainer is trying to rehab their patients as if they were a chiro or physio. And then they're just like, I have lost faith in trainers. Stop making our... (laughs) our profession a joke like we're trying to make this profession a legitimate thing and if we still have people thinking they're better than physios and chiros it's not going to help and i know it's tough when 
at least in Canada, you can get a four-year degree in kinesiology, and now you're allowed to do something like Graston, where you can physically touch someone and relieve pain, essentially, but that's not the end-all, be-all. So even then, when you're at a point where you can start touching people legally based on your status of a kinesiologist, and you can't fix the person with your Graston technique, don't feel bad that you couldn't fix that person's issue, refer out. It's just one thing. And even in my opinion, I, like even if I was a kin and I had that ability to do Graston, and I know that it's not really gonna help this individual with low back pain, I would rather go to a chiro or physio and tell them the situation with my client and ask their opinion what they should be doing for um, for rehab. And if they say, you know what, would be really good for this uh, client is Graston. Now you have a prescription from your physical therapist to do something and now you know it's gonna work. And really quick, shout out to Rita who just said hello to my Facebook Live. She is a another amazing trainer I have met over Facebook because of my podcast. And we've been chatting back and forth for a little bit and she's just awesome. So hello to Rita. Um, yeah, so going back to my little rant. Coaches, stop trying to be physios and chiros. You're not. If you want to, go into school for it. I think physio's two years and Cairo's four. So if you're gonna start manipulating people's necks like I've seen a kin do, stop it. If you wanna do that, go to Cairo school. Fuck. Anyway, um, I'm gonna end it there and hopefully this rant didn't bug anybody, but if it did and you're a trainer and you think you can rehab people, well, that sucks for you. Rita says you're awesome. Love the podcast. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, hopefully this podcast didn't strike too many nerves with people. Uh, if you have questions or you're unsure about what a coach can and can't do when it comes to the rehab side of things, leave me a message, comment on this post or whatever you got to do, and I am happy to chat with you. So I'm going to end it there. And once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and thank you for supporting the show. And when I post this up for the link on my podcast, please, please, please share this podcast to grow this thing because I'm almost at 10,000 listens per month. I'm 500 listens short, so I would love to start averaging 10,000 listens per month. So please make it happen by sharing this podcast or just keep listening to every single episode I've ever done. That will also help. And until next time, you guys, I'm going to end it right there.